When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. It's never been easier to communicate with people, but it's never been harder to know which platform you're supposed to communicate on. Here's a simpler solution. With call, meet, and message all in one app, Ring Central makes communication easy. With all that connectivity in the palm of your hand, you can work from anywhere with anyone at any time and never miss a beat. Because when it comes to communication, simple is better. Learn more at ringcentral.com. Ring Central, simpler communications. Welcome back to MLB Daily, your one-stop shop for daily baseball content. I am L.J. LaFura, and alongside me, I've got Brandon Karam. Brandon, how you doing today? L.J., doing good. Uh, of course, your one-stop shop for daily baseball content, seven days a week. And today certainly was an exciting day. We had another no-hitter, Spencer yeah. Turnbull doing that. We have some unwritten rule stuff we want to talk about involving Yerman Mercedes. Mike Trout, the best player in the game, he's out six to eight weeks. Uh, yeah, let's just get into it all, LJ. All right, we're going to open up this with the big story of the day, the Tw- Tigers and Mariners game. Heimer Candelario homers in the first. The Tigers scored five in, in this game, but one was all they needed because the story of this game was Spencer Turnbull throwing his first career no-hitter for the Detroit Tigers tonight. They win 5 nothing. Give the win to Spencer Turnbull. He went nine innings with, of course, no runs, no hits, and nine strikeouts. The loss will be given to Justin Dunn, who went five and two-thirds of an inning allowing two earned runs and nine strikeouts. Today will be certainly be a closer game between Tariq Skubal and Logan Gilbert in his second career start. Brandon, I got to be honest. I mean, I'm not, not, not trying to take anything away from Spencer Turnbull. He certainly executed, but this is getting a little ridiculous. 
is the year of the no-hitter. Uh, this is our sixth of the year. Uh, that's counting Madison Bumgarner. Of course, on our show, we count Madison Bumgarner's seven-inning yes. no-hitter. That is as much a no-hitter as any of the other ones. But, yeah, uh, it's kind of losing its novelty, you know, the whole no uh, Oh, definitely. I mean, it's still extremely impressive, and I'm very happy for Spencer Turnbull. Here's here's another young pitcher who, you know, could could kind of use this as his his launching pad to success. But I mean, it's it's the rate that we're seeing them at this season is pretty ridiculous at this point. Honestly, I don't want to sound spoiled. Like this might seem completely ridiculous, but. I'm fine with not having another no-hitter all year. Yeah. I'm kind of done talking about it. And if we just keep getting, like, three no-hitters a month, it's going to get boring. No one's going to care about the no-hitter anymore. And it's always been such a special thing in baseball. So I'm not sure what part of these modern approaches we need to fix to decrease these no-hitters, but – Something has to change, or maybe the luck just has to change. But you're right, Brandon. This could be a really good jumping spot for Spencer Turnbull to kind of make himself a pri- make himself have to be a priority for these Tigers as they bring up all of this other young pitching. I mean, he was the young pitcher several years back. He was the shiny toy, and now you've got um, – Casey Mize, you've got Tariq Skubal, you got Matt Manning in the wings in AAA. I mean, there's a lot of really good pitching talent on this team. And you're not, there's never a guarantee of where a guy like uh, Spencer Turnbull is going to fit in to that type of plan. So keep your name up there, keep grinding. And if he can have a really strong season here, they might have to make sure he fits in for a long time coming. Yeah, absolutely. And the one uh, cool stat that I saw from this game, so Kyle Seeger, of course, plays for the Seattle Mariners. LJ, he has now been involved with nine no-hitters during his career. So we have – he was. Were they all this the, season? Did he just get traded? <laughs> <laughs> no. Uh, so actually – Four of them, with he was on the Mariners' floor. So that's Felix Hernandez's perfect game in 2012. The Mariners combined no-hitter in 2012. Hasashi Iwakuma in 2015 and James Paxton in 2018. And then Seager was on the visiting team, or not the, the visiting team, but the other team uh, in no-hitters. So Philip Umber's perfect game in 2012. The Angels combined no-hitter in 2019. The Astros combined no-hitter in 2019. John Means this year and Spencer Turnbull this year. So if Kyle Seager's playing, there's a much better chance than any other player that there's going to be a a no-hitter. Did you realize that Spencer Turnbull led the majors in losses in 2019? Oh, yeah. If that isn't a sophomore slump, I'm not sure what is. Or no, I mean, it was only 16 innings his first year. Only three starts. So that was really his first year. Welcome to the show, buddy. Yeah. Well, 3-17 record. <laughs> Real <laughs> tough. On to the Giants and the Reds. 
Jesse Winker and Alex Dickerson exchange home runs for their respective teams in the first four innings until Brandon Crawford steps up and goes yard to make it 4-1 San Francisco. A Nick Castellanos home run in the bottom of the eighth was not enough to spark a comeback. Giants win 4-2. You can give the win to Anthony DeScafani, now 4-1 on the year. Seven innings, six hits, one run, and seven Ks. Luis Castillo takes the loss, now 1-6 on the year. Five innings, six hits, three runs, and 11 Ks. Jake McGee with with his 11th save on the year. And it will be a Kevin Gaussman facing Wade Miley today for those two. All right. Well, um, something we did not really get a chance to acknowledge yesterday, just because of how fresh it was and a lot of the reaction hadn't happened yet, was what happened late in the Twins-White Sox game. Yes, or not yesterday, two days ago. Tuesday. Um, yeah, Tuesday. Or Monday, Monday. Monday, Monday, whatever day was not last ep- last episode. Monday. Um, basically, uh, so with the score was a lot to a little. The Twins had put in a position player to pitch. 3-0 count. Yerman Mercedes yeets a ball 411 feet over the wall to make it even more of a lot to the same amount of a little. So knowing that we go into this game, Jake Lamb homered in the first to open scoring. The White Sox then go for three runs in the third inning, including a Yasmani Grandal dinger. From there, it was all, it was a, um, sorry. From there, it was a Miguel Snow home run, then another, and then another. Miguel Sano finishes the bingo bango Yahtzee Supreme for Minnesota. The game is tied in the ninth. It was a Jorge Polanco single that walked it off for the Twins, five to four. Give the win to Taylor Rogers, the loss to Aaron Bummer. That's certainly disappointing. And Lance Lynn started this game. He went six innings, allowing two earned runs. But Brandon, during this game, Tyler Duffy was ejected for throwing behind Yerman Mercedes. Today will be Lucas Giolito versus Matt Shoemaker. Brandon, we've got to talk about just the overall reaction and our interpretations as to what exactly has happened here with this 3-0 home run that Yerman Mercedes hit here. I mean, I think, Brandon, as long as you're okay with me leading this discussion all the way through, I think there's three levels that need to be talked about. We're going to start from the most important, and then the next two are kind of equally important. Um, basically, the first thing that we need to discuss here is the fact, the way, the way in which Yerman Mercedes is 110% wrong in this situation. And that is respect for the coach. You have a manager for a reason. He is the leader of the team. He calls the shots. He calls the strategy. If you get the take sign, which Tony La Russa made very clear, he got the take sign. You do not swing at that ball. It's as simple as that. Even if he, even if he grounded out to third base, even if he struck out, or he can strike out a three out, never mind. Um, even if he hit a single, he is still in the wrong for not taking that pitch, for not listening to his manager. Am I wrong? 
I just, this whole situation is just like this whole Tatis thing last year where we're getting mad at players for doing their jobs, hitting home runs. In this situation, you have a position player on the mound and a 3-0 count, and you're really going to stand up there and make your players take walks up 12. You want to force walks off of a player throwing 47 miles an hour. Well, Brandon, that's we're ridiculous. Gonna, Brandon, that we're not your guys to swing away. He's throwing 46. We're not even there yet. It, it doesn't, it's a, completely irrelevant to whether your Mercedes should have or should not have swung. If the score, the count, any of it, if his coaches told him not to swing, he should not swing. This is I a think, team sport. You follow where you're supposed to go. I mean, it's not like, it's not like Tony LaRusso is sitting here asking Yerman Mercedes to commit war crimes. I mean, it's not swinging in a baseball game. It's not going to get you um, fired or it's not going to, it's not going to get somebody. Um, and you're not going to, you're not benefiting greatly from swinging or not swinging as long as you follow the team and the team instruction. The second question here, really, I was just going to tie the two in here. Respect for the unwritten rules, and are the unwritten rules valid? Now, just I will get into my full take before, um, Brandon, you can, of course, um, jump in. The unwritten rules are there for a reason. As much as it's fun to have these things, as much as we shouldn't be sticks in the mud, there is a certain sportsmanship that should be in all sports. You hold yourself to a certain level of respect and integrity when you're playing sports. They're a game and they're meant to be this way. Particularly baseball is far more classy than a lot of other sports in the way that they've stuck to their rules and values over the years. So in, in just about every situation, yes, I say the, um, unwritten rules should apply if it's most situations if it's even i mean what was it start correct me if i'm wrong was it 13-2 something like that it was 13-2 to start the if it's 13-2 with a um regular pitcher out there you take that ball you don't run up the score it's the same thing about stealing bases in my in my eyes in that situation you don't do you don't make extra effort to take runs when it's obvious the game is over however this situation feels different to me and it's this new trend of putting position players in the game which in my opinion is more disrespectful to the other team and to the game than swinging at a 3-0 pitch. If this is a pitcher on the mound, I don't want to see him swinging at this 3-0 pitch. Frankly, I don't really want anyone swinging at a 3-0 pitch, no matter what the score is or game. I mean, it's just playing percentages. You're smarter. You're smarter and better off hitting at, hitting something with confidence. Half the time when it gets to a 3-0, it's because the guy's not getting it over the plate. And when you're if you're swinging, you're really questioning yourself in is this a strike? Is this not a strike? However, you put a position player out on the mound, that is a clear waving the white flag. That is clearly as the manager, as the team entirely, you are telling the other team and the fans, 
we don't care about the rest of this game. We could care less about you. We could care less about playing you right now. We just want the game to be over, so we're just going to throw in the towel. First off, they, they slow down the game and keep themselves there longer by not wait, not dipping into their bullpen, which I understand the strategy. However, that in itself is wrong for the sport to not give yourself the best competitive advantage at all times, to not be trying to win at all times. It's the same thing as tanking in any sport, in my opinion, to just give up in the late innings rather than bring in another arm if you have another arm that's available, which in most cases these teams do. So in this scenario where they're already flat out disrespecting the sport and the integrity of the game you're in, do you still owe them that courtesy? I think is the question that we we all have at hand here. It's just like, I've never understood the whole, like get mad at a guy for hitting a home run late in a blowout. I mean, you want to know who who doesn't care about this home run is the arbiter when Yerman Mercedes has to go and fight his own team to get a fair pay. You know what they look at? Home runs, RBIs, uh your your batting average. That doesn't they don't say, you know, we have to take one home run off because he swung on a 3-0 pitch in a random game in May off of a player throwing 46 miles an hour. I mean, LJ, realistically, if you have a position player up there, would you rather have your guys standing there and taking pitches and extending the game even further, or would you rather just have them swing? I mean, getting well, a 3-0 take sign with a player throwing 46 on the mound is ridiculous to me. Well, Brandon, that in the game, It is a shame that Tony... Larusa comes out and says that he thinks it was okay that hit one of his players got hit tonight. He said that he said that what the Twins did he thinks is appropriate. Are you kidding me? You're defending another team hitting one of your players. I mean, if this is a young player that yells to at learn cloud, that lesson, I mean, if this is not old man yelling at a cloud for no reason, we just create such drama out of these situations where yes there is the unwritten rules but you know what putting a position player on the mound in the first place already like you said lj ruins the integrity of the game at that point so why does it matter if 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 the twins had a actual pitcher in there and this happened sure Mm -hmm. this is a conversation but uh, it should not be a conversation because clearly the twins had had given up and therefore if you give up the other team can do whatever they want at that point Exactly. That's honestly, yeah, that's my point is if this is a pitcher out there, I don't want to see it. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun. So winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun with over 80 casino style games to choose from. You too could win life changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a world. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Some people were made to follow the instructions. We were made to make our own. To always measure twice and never cut corners. Unless, of course, we've got a compound miter saw. 
Northern Tool and Equipment is a problem solver's paradise. There's nothing we can't find, fix, or figure out together. We're made for this. Start solving your projects today at northerntool.com. If it's a position player, I don't care what happens out there. Oh, frankly, actually, I will give you the better alternative to that, which first off, I'm all, I'm going to refute, just really the only thing I can really fully refute of what you said there is that one home run, I am willing to bet everything I own that having or not having that singular home run will not equate to that much on uh, when it comes to arbitration. I mean, let's say um, I'm just throwing a random number out there for him, 60 home runs in three years. All right, let's say the difference between 60 home runs and 61 home runs will not be will not be that much of a factor in terms of his arbitration case. I understand what you mean. However, the situation itself is so rare that you're not going to see a significant enough change in their numbers. What the right situation to do here is, and I'm not trying to stroke uh, float my own boat here, is what the Red Sox did in the second inning. Here, here's even more ridiculousness of this all. The second position player pitched inning by Tony Larusa that I watched. He did back to back. He did the seventh and eighth. He threw away with position players. In the eighth, the Red Sox gave some of the most half-assed swings I've ever seen in my life to the point where the only ball that it was back-to-back strikeouts. And then the only ball that was put in play, Kike Hernandez kind of just moved his bat out to a bunt position and it rolled to the shortstop. I mean, the easiest way, the, the best way to get anyone through this is to just get through it as quickly as possible, in my opinion. Like, if you're already, if you're already going to win the game, there's not, not a ton of sense of just running up the score, making everyone stay there longer in a game that isn't that interesting to anybody. So you might as well end it. Yeah, so how is a take sign on 3-0 a good idea ever then? If you don't, well, if you're, if the other team is fully admitted that they don't want to, continue in the game and you know that this guy is throwing the ball less than 50 miles an hour just trying to get it over the plate why are you telling your guys to take pitches that is more more a disrespectful i think than german mercedes hitting a home run i mean the fact that we are getting mad over someone hitting a home run just shows just like why why well it's the brand it's the same it's the same thing as if it's some random like the first week the tune-up game where um a random b school decides to play a c school just as they're like out of conference scheduling somebody easy to tune up and it's already 63 to 6 and some guy starts some guy runs it in for 72 yard touchdown it's unnecessary in that context, in the context of sportsmanship of the game. That is something we have lived with for a long time in sports, and I'm not sure has any reason to die, is the fact that running up the score in a necessary amount once you already clearly beaten a team is unnecessary. I think the difference here and the reason that Tony La Russa is not necessarily completely ridiculous with this 
is the fact that we are admitting that the unwritten rules have their place in baseball. The unwritten rules, in particular, running up the score should not be a thing that is practiced in sports. So by that logic, if he believes that, if, if he does not recognize the fact that position player and pitcher aren't the same thing, like if he doesn't feel the same way as us on the, the position player pitching, then he's operating under the same rules as if it were a pitcher there. It's just the way he sees that different interpretation. So that's yeah, why I don't he would rather scared. run the score up and tell his guy to swing and get out of there. He would rather have him stand there and take pitches. You realize that him telling him to take is basically him saying that he wants to run the score up other than him just saying swing away. And then if you get out, you get out. So no, I don't blame German uh, for hitting a home run. Do you realize how hard it has been? for players to hit home runs this year to really just get any solid contact. I mean, we've had six no hitters this year. We're talking about how it's a problem, how bad the offense has been this year. I mean, there's a 25% strikeout rate across the whole league, which is what Nolan Ryan and Bob Gibson did for their entire careers. Just the fact that we are getting worked up over a player hitting a home run off of a position player is a joke. It's just a joke. And I, and I understand why there's unwritten rules in baseball. And some of them I do think are very appropriate and help police the game. Certainly. But- I, 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 th- I think, I think the spot where we can actually just like get some or- direction in this debate here is Brandon, do you acknowledge that running the score up is unnecessary unnecessary within the normal confines of the game if that's a pitcher out there do you think if they have a pitcher out there who's still throwing he might not be throwing well this might be the literal last guy on their bullpen the guy that they only bring in when they absolutely need to put somebody in there the guy that they're bringing in to throw 35 pitches and then get options the next day if it's that guy do you believe in running the score up It's not running the score up, it's playing baseball. Like, I'm not going to intentionally tell my guys to go up there and get out. So are you, so, so do you, let's take this out of baseball then. Is it wrong for a team to just start running the ball once they're up 30 in the fourth quarter? Well, it's different because there's a clock in football. There's no clock in baseball. You have to get your 27 outs. Like either way, especially let's even just look at this from a strategy standpoint here. Brandon, if you're going to have to keep playing through the game anyways, ideally, let's get through it as pain, painlessly as possible in terms of just like senseless damage is the, is the justification behind this in the fact that if this guy is going th- uh, 3-0, he's obviously not finding the strike zone you're probably going to get on anyways. Yes, you're, yes, you're probably going to get on anyways. So if it's a walk, then you're doing overall, it's going to be harder for you to keep continuously scoring on bad pitching. However, if it's a strike, if he throws the strike there, then you've got the swing away sign for the next two pitches, the next, the rest of the at-bat. You're not, it's not like he's having him take through to a strikeout. He's having him take through till there's a walk. Frankly, if I were a 
manager, I don't really want to see anyone swing away at 3 0. Uh, granted, I get it that like a half a, t- a lot of time it's the absolute meatball down the middle, but you second guess yourself so much on what you're what's got coming at you when a guy is having control issues, when he has missed the strike zone three straight times. As you see this coming in, you're going to second guess is this a strike I'm seeing before you swing at it? And that's not necessarily going to be great contact either. So 3 0 is never going to be a hitter's mindset. You're better off, in my opinion, always taking there. Yeah, I mean, you certainly have that that mindset when you're facing a normal pitcher, but when this guy's lobbing them in there softer than the home run derby pitchers are, I think it's a little bit different. I mean, I just if I was a manager, I'm never in that situation telling my guys to go up there and not run the score up. I mean, because We've seen last year in the 2020 season where the Braves scored 29 runs on the Marlins and Don Mattingly didn't say a word about the, uh, the score getting a, a run up. His team just got absolutely demolished in 2020 in that game. And they yeah. lost 29 to 11. And you know what? He didn't complain once about getting the score a run up. Now no. in 2020, we see the... Padres and the Rangers and Fernando Tatis hits a grand slam on a 3-0 count up only seven runs, like seven runs. That comeback has been made plenty of times. The Rockies did it this year in one game in one inning. He hits a grand slam up seven runs and it's a big deal because you're not supposed to hit grand slams apparently anymore. No, no. The the Fernando Tatis thing whining over that 3-0 is much different than this one here. This one here is just... Yerman Mercedes stepping up against the player, lobbing it in there, and he gets and a pitch right down the middle. He's not going to get a pitch better than that probably this entire season, and he takes advantage of it. And I, I don't blame him whatsoever. And him well, getting hit tonight, I understand, but for his own manager to not back him is a joke. Brandon, I, I yeah, I'm, I'm going to fully disagree with you there. I do not agree with him doing that because – How would you feel if you're trying to lead this team from a strategic standpoint through 162 games, you're a World Series competing team, and your players aren't listening to you? It's 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 one you listen to your manager. It's as simple as that. You're playing a team sport. You play for the team with the team, not yourself. So when Ronald Acuna ran through the stop sign last week and scored, is that also a, a disrespect of your coaches? Coach was telling him to stop at third and he kept running. I mean, it's the same. In, 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 in my mind, that's the same thing. LJ, we see players and, and coaches get into uh, disagreements all the time. It happens. It's a part of sports. You don't need – I understand what you're saying where, yes, like – of course, you want all your players to acknowledge what you're saying to them and to follow you, but it's just not going to happen 100% of the time. Every team, every year has players not follow signs that come. No, but then, 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 why, then why be so, so um, upset when Tony La Russa isn't happy about that? I'm not, I'm not, saying, I'm not saying that's him defending that no hit, um, him getting hit. Again, I didn't see the interview where he talked about him getting hit. However, 
with the things that Tony LaRusa has said over the past day, I have to imagine contextually his intention was that uh, is very similar to the things he was saying earlier is the fact that not listening overall the way that that hit works within the unwritten rules is may garner him unnecessary attention and disrespect from people both on his team and on other teams and that he's going to have to live with that ultimately tony la Russa decided to let him play tonight it would not have been that big a shocker if Yerman mercedes didn't play after that however he decided to however that shouldn't necessarily he he, I'm sure, was part of the talks that they said they had between yesterday and today was you're going to have to face up and own up to what you did. It's the exact same thing as a bat as a bat flip in that regard, where these guys feel like they've been disrespected. Whether they should be disrespected is another story. However, they feel they've been disrespected, so they're going to do what they feel they have to do in order to prove themselves and defend themselves here in throwing at him. So everything that he'd said up to that led me to believe that it was just him kind of saying he expected this. We discussed it. He knew that this was probably coming from what he did. He knew this could be a ramification. Yeah. Again, I didn't see it, but that's how I would interpret it based on what he's said before that. I mean, just to wrap this up, uh, I just want to know, I'd like someone to ask Tony LaRussa why swinging at a pitch is considered unsportsmanlike, but throwing a baseball at someone's head isn't because of them swinging at a pitch. It went around his hip, didn't it? No, but still, the the point, I mean, throwing a baseball at someone is, is apparently not unsportsmanlike i i just don't know i just i just can't believe that we have a manager criticizing a player once again for uh, doing his job what he's paid for i just it wait for you to be a little league coach i no i mean it's just it's just i just i understand the whole of running up the score but i think tony larusa has this 80s baseball mindset and we're not in the 80s anymore i mean he made a huge uh, gaff tonight as, as manager. He walks Luis Arias to get to Josh Donaldson with the game on the line. And then he opens his press conference talking about how he's okay with one of his guys getting thrown at. I mean, that's just a clown move in my mind. And I'm not usually tough on managers like this, but I just think that that's a clown move. All right, let's get on. We've got Marlins Phillies next. Yes, we do. Uh, tied 1-1, top eight. Jazz Chisholm hits a homer to make it 3-1 Miami. Bottom eight, Philly scores seven runs. They get doubles from Alec Bohm and Yankees legend Ronald Torres. Singles from Phil Maton, uh, Gene Segura, and uh, Bryce Harper. The Phillies win 8-3. You can give the win to Archie Bradley. Zach Wheeler goes seven innings of uh, shutout ball striking out 10. Uh, Dylan Floro takes the loss for Miami. Cody Poteet, the starter, goes five innings, allowing three hits and no runs. And today's matchup will be Trevor Rogers, and he'll face Zach Eflin. All right, we got the Red Sox and the Blue Jays. This one wasn't very competitive. 
The Blue Jays got five runs off of starter Eduardo Rodriguez. They tacked on three more, including a home run by Randall Britchick. The final, 8-0 Blue Jays. Give the win to Hyun Jin Ryu. He went seven innings, allowing zero earned runs and seven strikeouts. The loss to Eduardo Rodriguez. He went five innings, allowing five earned and six strikeouts. Game two will pit Garrett Richards against Ross Stripling. For the Yankees and the Rangers, it was the Rangers striking first in the bottom of the third. They get singles from Nick Solak and Adalas Garcia to make it 3-0 Texas. Top four, the Yankees respond by batting around. They score five runs. They got doubles from Gio Rochella, L. Gary, and DJ LeMahieu, and an RBI single from Miguel Andujar. In the bottom of the fifth, Nick Solak with Homer to make it 5-4. The Rangers still trailing, but the Yankees add on a few runs late. They win 7-4. You can give the win to Wandy Peralta out of the Yankees' bullpen, now 3-1 on the year. Jameson Tyone got the start, four and a third, six hits, and four runs. Mike Fultonavich got the start for Texas, and he takes the loss, now one and four. Three and two-thirds of an inning, seven hits, and five runs. Araldis Chapman picks up his 10th save on the year, still has not allowed an earned run. And uh, today we'll pick Corey Kluber, and he'll face TBD. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Hi, I'm Maria. And I'm Mike. And we're Team Ready. Ready. Black Hills Energy knows your home is where your heart is, so they want you to be ready. It's all about keeping you safe, prepared, and making your home as energy efficient as possible. Everything from how to weatherize your home to how to stay safe during extreme weather. Be ready for anything. Go to blackhillsenergy.com slash team ready. Rays Orioles. Brent Phillips, who has been hot of late, was the trendsetter, blasting a three-run home run in the top of the second. The Rays hit five home runs in this game and win it 13-6. to Give the win to Andrew Kittridge. The loss to Matt Harvey, who went one and two-thirds in inning long, six earned runs. Next is John Means versus Ryan Yarborough. I heard that Orioles fans have been talking about John Means uh, quite a bit lately. I know that they've been just absolutely ecstatic uh, about his season so far. It's been painful. It's like, I'm trying to think of what it is, but it's like, yeah, it's like um, one of those small towns with like a really good basketball player. And mm. he's like, only going to like D2, do a D2 college for basketball. Like, but like they still, that's all they have to talk about every day is, how good he's done and how much he scored. It's every single, every single shop in town. That's all they have in the town is to just twiddle their thumbs for fun and watch John Means pitch. If you're an Orioles fan, I hope that's not the way things go for you. It's kind of like Joe Girard, like kind of, not really. Yeah. Yeah. Except like he went to a big school. So it's, so it's, it's a bit different. 
Yeah, I mean, he also did more than just one thing. Yeah. I mean, no disrespect to John Means, but um, Joe Girard, who's currently uh, st- a starting guard for Syracuse basketball, is from our area. Um, this is a three-time state champion over two sports. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, one no-hitter by John Means is not nearly, um, to me, the same uh, – Cowboy success on their level like like if you were to if you were to scale up Glens Falls to the size of the Orioles fandom <laughs> there, there's just not a not a lot to talk from them I'm sorry no. all right uh on to the next one which is the Mets and the Braves top of the third Jonathan Villar with a two-run home run in the bottom of the fifth Austin Riley of the Braves hits a home run but the Mets come out up two to one after five Pete Alonzo adds on with a sack fly to make it three one but then Freddie Freeman goes yard to make it three two the Braves trailing the the Braves tie the game in the bottom of the eighth with a Marcelo Zuna single, but top nine Tomas Nito with a home run for the Mets to break the tie. They take a 4-3 lead and they go on to win by that score. Yuri's Familia takes the win for the Mets. They did a bullpen game today and executed it fantastically. I believe they had two guys pitch two innings and the rest t- took one inning stints and uh, worked out for them. The loss goes to Will Smith of the Braves. Tucker Davidson, who got the start, six innings, five hits, three runs, and five Ks. Edwin Diaz gets his seventh save on the year for the Mets, and it will be David Peterson uh, facing Charlie Morton today. Thanks. We've got Brewers and Royals, and Andrew Benintendi single in the eighth score to admit Whit Merrifield, and pretty much decided this one. The Royals win 2 nothing. Give the win to Jake Brents. The loss to Brandon Woodruff went seven and two-thirds of an inning, allowing one earned run. And the save to Josh Stalmont. Brandon, this one, I'm going to be honest, had me quite irritated watching it. I'm not sure if you caught any of it, but in the uh, ninth inning, two outs, two-two count. Avisail Garcia gets thrown out of the game. The dude. Literally, like, I mean, I guess, or yes, he did kind of point at the home plate umpire. But, dude, you have maybe four pitches left that you have to call all night. And you don't have thick enough skin to take a couple words from one player. Like, come on, dude, it's not all about you. I'm not sure who is behind the plate, but that is horrible officiating. I'm I'm surprised you can be an MLB umpire and either have that much of an ego or be that soft and have made it this far. Yeah. It was a Brian Gorman was the home umpire. Uh, Let me tell you, it seems like the umps this year just have the quickest triggers for Mm -hmm. like, I've seen ejections where the player is literally just saying like, that's outside. Like that's, that's that missed, which is, very common for the players to tell the umps where they think the pitch is. You really, what crosses the line to get you ejected is if you swear at the umpire or you like say that they are terrible at their job or that they're not do that they're not good at their job. You can tell them, you know, I think that pitch missed. 
best pitchers here. But as soon as you start throwing F-bombs and swearing at them is where you run a line. This year, it's been players turning around and having one small gripe with the umps, and it's an immediate ejection. Clint Frazier got ejected like that. Matt Beatty got ejected like that uh, a couple of nights ago. And, yeah, to for – what's this? You said a 2-2 count and two outs? 2-2 two, two count, two outs. So it could potentially be one more pitch in, in your it- yard. It was. Daniel Vogelback came up as the pinch hitter, swung at a ball at his shins, and the game was done. Um, but no, I mean, honestly, like you say that, you're right. Swearing and um, flat out attacking the umpire in any uh, verbal sense, yeah. including like you're bad at your job, is grounds for ejection. However, you got to really do it to me for me to make it worthwhile to be thrown out. Like it has to actually be like up in the face or multiple times. Like if you come back around and say that's bleeping ridiculous or uh, that's bull bleep or whatever we want to go with. um, Bull bleep. I like that one. Um, It's it, 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 that was such a bull bleeping call. Um, but, you know, I mean, that's just – that was way too quick a trigger. Who would you say who was again? Uh, Brian Gorman. Brian Gorman is now on my list of umpires I'm not a fan of. Um, speaking of list people on the list of umpires I'm not a fan of, Joe West had a plus one uh, scorecard the other night. Plus one oh three. He he gave a run to a team based on his officiating. Just on his umpiring, an umpiring. entire run is. It's okay. Get it gets worse with a game you're gonna call. Um, you're gonna mention in a little bit. Oh, I can't wait because I I haven't had oh, a no, chance was... to look at the ump scorecards yet. So I no, I'm sorry they didn't come out. That's that was my uh, bad a oh, brain fart. But the Dodgers, I believe it was yesterday that they won three one. Yeah. The officiating was point nine plus point nine three in favor of the Diamondbacks. The Diamondbacks only scored one run one run. So basically and the officiating favor almost gave them a run. So they basically had a shutout. Yeah. Uh let's move on to the Nats and the Cubs. Bottom three, Wilson Contreras singles to make it 2-0 Chicago. Top five, the Nats tie it up on singles from Trey Turner and Mr. National Ryan Zimmerman. In the bottom of the sixth, we're tied at three until David Bodie with a two-run home run to make it 5-3 Chicago. Ian Happ extends the lead with a home run of his own. The Cubs win 6-3. Give the win to Keegan Thompson out of the bullpen. Zach Davies, the starter, goes five innings, seven hits, and three runs. The loss to Will Harris. Patrick Corbin got the start, five innings, eight hits, three runs, and four Ks. Craig Kimbrell with his eighth save on the year. Max Scherzer will face Jake Arietta. If this matchup was in 2016, this would be on national TV and would be a must-watch. Now, it's still cool to watch Max Scherzer pitch. <laughs> I like Jake Arrieta too, but that's you know, brutal. Five years ago, this is a prime time matchup. Brutal. Okay, Indians Angels. 
Otani may have homered as well as Justin Upton and Jose Iglesias, but it was a Josh Naylor home run in the eighth that won this one six to five. Give the win to Zach Plezak. He went seven innings, allowing five earned runs. The loss to Alex Claudio and the save to James Karinchak, his fourth on the year. Brandon, we talked about this, or briefly mentioned this earlier. Mike Trout will now be out with a calf strain, hamstring strain? A strained right calf. It's a grade two. Grade two. He'll be out six to eight weeks. How do you feel about the Angels now? Not, I mean, if we are, me and you were both already pretty, you know, not confident in them, especially their pitching. No, no, no. I, I'm not confident. I, I wasn't very confident in their ability to, like, make the playoffs. I gained a lot of confidence seeing what Shohei Otani was doing um, in these past couple of weeks. Like, I gained a lot of confidence that there was a lot more talent on the team than I thought there was, especially uh, more so Jared Walsh as well. Um, there's a lot more talent on this team than I thought there was. However, I'm not certainly not taking them if they keep dropping games while Mike Trout is out. That isn't going to be a very good sign for that. I'm more meant as an entertainment value. Like, the Angels are currently like a national draw. Does Otani carry that? It's just, I guess, I mean, I guess it's just Otani. I think they got Anthony Rendon back a couple of days ago. It's, eh. But you he was he was Red really Trout. hobbled up in the uh, Red Sox series. Mm. Well, you lose Trout for at least six weeks, possibly two months, and that puts you, LJ, pretty scary. Six weeks is like the All Star break, like yeah, six six seven weeks, and we're pretty close to the All Star break. Uh, it's it's gonna be rough for the Angels, especially their entertainment factor. Now they don't really have any real notable pitchers other than Otani. They don't really have any uh, notable bullpen guys other than Rysel Iglesias. I wouldn't, I wouldn't call him a uh, notable. Well, like, cause he was like like a big like transaction that happened, but like, that's like, it's pushing it a little bit, but. If the most casual baseball fan will not know the name, then it is not a drop. Yeah, and let's not forget that one of the names that most casual baseball fans do know in Albert Pujols, yeah, they cut him and he goes up to sign with their crosstown rival. So they should have put him in center. With his worst sprint speed feet per second in the entire league. I would love to see what his uh, defensive run save numbers could be in center. Probably better than Jeter's at short. Okay. Um, well, yeah, I no, need to have that conversation another time because I genuinely, like, this isn't me trying to be disrespectful. He was certainly a great player regardless of what he did on the defensive end. Why on earth was he never moved from the shortstop? Because because we did the whole, like, oh, we're going to have A-Rod play third. You know, Jeter's our captain, the shortstop, but – Look, as a Yankees fan, this might be an outlandish take to make. And a lot of Yankee fans might hate me for this, but I always thought that it should have been A-Rod at short and Jeter at third because Jeter's the guy with not great range and a strong arm, which is what you kind of want at third base. And at shortstop, A-Rod had 
exceptional range and kind of a weaker arm. And so it made more sense for them to be playing, you know, for A-Rod to be in his his natural spot at shortstop and Jeter to be at third. But Joe Torre never really made that move. And That might be one of the most ridiculous, like, long-term managerial decisions I've ever heard of to keep a guy there only because of the stigma of his role. Like that has to be it, right? Like, like there's, yeah, because I mean, it it is the most important. I probably, I mean, of of position playing there and center field, they have to be the two most important positions if you're excluding the pitcher and the catcher. So, Yeah. yeah. I mean, if you're trying to pick an infield spot, I guess that's the leadership position. But that doesn't mean you put a black hole there. You can be a leader. You can be a great offensive producer without being good on defense. That's – it is what it is. But come on now. I mean, frankly, I mean, arm or not, I mean, he certainly – I'm sure he didn't have the same arm he had in his prime when he came into the league. That probably should have been diagnosed early and moved him to second. No, you know, I think that he had – like he had a very strong arm, so oh, he had a strong arm, like gumming into the. Yeah, lead. like he he always had a a strong arm. I remember, uh, I think it was in his autobiography. He talks about how it like his first spring training camp, they were throwing the ball across the infield, and he ripped someone's glove because his throw was so hard, and they were like, "Wow, like you really got a cannon coming out of there from from short." So. It's just like it sounds like one of those Bo Jackson stories. No, yeah, where it turns into like Paul Bunyan. He jumped oh. across like a twenty-five foot creek when creek, he was yeah. chased by dogs or something like. Oh, good times, but <laughs> good times, Brandon. You weren't even alive. <laughs> it was good times though when when Bo Jackson was playing. I I it, I wish I was alive. You Don't Know Bo is an absolute classic documentary, if you haven't seen it. Um, certainly great. Really wish, Brandon, do you think we're ever going to see another guy try to do the double sport again? Uh, no. Everything is too special. Would... Everything's too specialized now. You have, like, from a yeah. young age, like, from basically – seventh or eighth grade on you have to know if if you want to become a pro athlete you kind of have to focus on that one sport because it's so competitive now which sucks because like it, it it's killing more kids than it's killing more kids and killing more kids love for sports than it's doing anything else I mean, it's just, I don't know. We can go again into um, more of the long-term effects of specialization in sport another time, but I just think that it's an absolute mistake. I just think overall, but from a professional level, I have yet to see a situation where it's been a good idea for that professional. I mean, hypothetically, of course, I mean, if Bo wanted to play football, he's going to play football. But if he pick, if he first of all, if he picked football, of course, he's going to always have a much shorter career. But let's say that injury aside, if he picked one or the other, he will be he would have been known as one of the greatest of all time in either sport if he was playing full seasons and full focus 
for both. You know, I honestly don't know if he can get there if he just plays baseball. I mean, looking at his stats, like, okay, it, it, it's such a what if because he's a guy who didn't have a lot of play. To, uh, you know, he, he struck out quite a bit, didn't walk a lot, was a power hitter, right? He, he I mean, he had mammoth home runs. I certainly am not saying that. He had a tremendous amount of power. You know, maybe being a baseball player full time, you know, you get to see, you get way more reps. You get to see those pitches, those off speed pitches that he struggled with. Maybe he can become like a 400 home run guy, like 2000 hits. Maybe. I don't know. It's just it's hard to project him out when. Yeah, I mean, I'm splitting I, time more so more so in football, of course, is what I was intending of one of the greats, especially just with 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 that. Um, the ex- overall explosiveness this guy had, but like, you're you're definitely from a legacy standpoint, you will look, be remembered more if you play one sport. Yeah, I agree. Where were we? Uh, we have Card. four games left. I have Pirates and Cardinals. Uh, we got way of the- off there. <laughs> we're good. A uh, bottom of the first. Nolan Arenado stays hot with a two-run home run to open up scoring. Tommy Edmonds singles and Edmundo Sosa doubles to extend the Cardinals' lead to 5-0 after three innings. Pirates offense struggles to get anything going. St. Louis wins 5-2. John Gant picks up the win, his third win on the year. Five and a third, five hits, two runs and three Ks. JT Brubaker takes the loss, his third on the year. Five and two-thirds, eight hits, and five runs. Alex Reyes with his 12th save on the year for St. Louis. And it will be Trevor Cahill taking on 7-0 and Jack Flaherty today. All right. Astros and A's. Raymond Lor- Raymond Laureano put his fingerprints all over this game. Homering twice. The A's scored three runs in the last three innings, including a Raymond Laureano sack fly to win it and walk off 6-5. to five. Give the win to Yusmiro Petit. Loss to Brian Abreu. Christian Javier and Sean Manaya, the two starters in the game, both had six innings with three earned runs. Today will be Zach Granke versus Frankie Montas. All right, the last two games start first, the Rockies and Padres. They're tied 1 1 going into extras. Bottom 10, Daniel Bard, the Rockies closer has a wild pitch that scores Jorge Mateo, the game-winning walk-off run for San Diego, who wins 2-1. to one. Pierce Johnson picks up the W out of the San Diego bullpen. Blake Snell got the start. He went six innings, allowing five hits, one run, and 11 Ks. Very strong start from him. Of course, uh, Daniel Bard takes the loss. The Rockies starter, Austin Gomber, six innings, five hits of one earned and seven Ks. For the D-backs and Dodgers, bottom of the first, Mookie Betts with a leadoff home run to make it 1-0 LA. Chris Taylor keeps his fine season going with a home run of his own to make it 3-1 LA after five. In the bottom of the seventh, Albert Pujols takes a bases loaded hit by pitch, and then Gavin Lux hits a grand slam. That would put this one in the books. The Dodgers win 9-1. The win to Julio Urias, now 6-1 on the year. 
Six and two thirds, three hits, one run, and eight Ks. Corbin Martin takes the loss for the Diamondbacks. Five innings, four hits, uh, four walks, and six Ks. All right, LJ, I think uh, we can do the PPP and leaderboards, and then we can get out of here. Uh, we each have two for the PPP. Uh, you can take them first. Yeah, I'm going to go with my, my two, of course, are very similar here. We got first off Miguel Sano with the Bingo Bango Yachty Supreme. Three home run game. Brandon, am I correct in saying first three home run game since mid-April? Since Ryan McMahon, yes. And now I have another quick question for you. So if three home runs is a bingo, bango, Yahtzee, what is four home runs? There isn't a name for four home runs, which is what we've got next. And a guy I feel terrible about because I like this player. I think he's a fantastic player. I've been watching him this season with great interest, and it just completely slipped my mind yesterday to acknowledge that he had a traditional bingo, bango, Yahtzee, Nolan Arenado, three straight games of the homer yesterday and or two days ago, and he homers yesterday to make it four straight days, four homers. Wow. Fantastic. That is impressive, considering that we know person who has the record for uh most home runs in consecutive games uh so he's got four he's got to hit five more to break the record <laughs> we're, we're really talking about that with five left yeah. it's not even halfway there and we're already talking it okay there's always someone who gets like six every year and then they just fall off it's too hard it's it's way too hard. yeah but the question is is he going to get to eight and then being in a 12-run game. <laughs> Brandon, Brandon, Brandon says, swing away. Make sure you score on not just the men, but the women and the children, too, because respect for anyone doesn't matter. Shouldn't matter when there's a position player on the mound. All right. We shouldn't. We can, you we scare can me. Continue that. You morals scare me. <laughs> we can continue that debate another day. Uh, I think I got LJ just just as rattled as when I said I thought there should be ties. Uh, so <laughs> No, this is more. Honestly, I think we need to have like a traditional segment where we turn. We basically turned this entire episode into first take. I'm not complaining. I mean, I'm not complaining either, but it's just hilarious because it's exactly like it has all of the um, principal ad- additions to a first take episode. I mean, step one. Two guys are screaming about something about sports. Step two, neither of them have a clue what they were talking about before they started arguing about what they're arguing about or what they're going to be doing after. I have no clue what's going on in this episode. I've lost complete track of time or spatial awareness in what we've discussed. Also, uh, the only thing I think that we're lacking is a, a, a Kendrick Perkins appearance because that man is on every single ESPN show. <laughs> he is constantly on my screen when I'm watching. And I don't even get to watch that much ESPN at college, but I will turn on Sports Center, First Take, whatever. Get up. He's on the screen with some NBA take. Um, well, I'll tell you, as a Thunder fan, I wish I'd seen a lot less of Kendrick Perkins. But um, no, what we're really. Fan, you, 
you should be doing some some research into the sixth grade draft class because that's what your franchise's uh, future is is going to be based on. Is, and is you know, graders. if it weren't for semi cheap owners or reformed cheap owners, I should say, like they they get it now. If it weren't for that and it weren't for Kendrick Perkins, we wouldn't be in this mess. No. If it weren't for Kendrick Perkins, James Harden, Russell Westbrook, and Kevin Durant are still in Oklahoma City, and we're all happy. But thank you, KP. Thank you, KP. All right, uh, my now. Oh, what I was gonna say was we need. Uh, well, we don't. What we really don't have is a Molly. Who's supposed to be our mediator that we scream over? Papa Eld. <laughs> <laughs> I think he ha- has she been legitimately listened to in like the past three years? No, I, mean, I hope her husband is really good to her because like that woman deserves to be heard because they just they do not they do not acknowledge her presence except when it makes them look good in the middle of the argument. You know who her husband is, right? No, Jalen Rose. Really? Yes. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. She's fine. Great guy. Right. Uh, <laughs> I don't even know him, but I can just tell. Like, there's certain guys in sports that you're just like, he's a class act. Like, I would, I would, I would genuinely like to go to dinner with Jalen Rose. Yeah, he seems like a funny guy. Just he just seems up. like he he genuinely everything he says is meant with like the best intention in mind. Yeah, like he was raised that way. All right, my first guy for the PPP, uh, this is a pretty obvious one. I got to give it to Spencer Turnbull. Of course, throws a no-hitter tonight, but LJ, he's actually been having a pretty good season. Um, now he he is 2-2 two and two on the year with a 3.06 ERA across 32 innings. Uh, he's up there in uh, stats like uh, walk percentage, uh, a barrel percentage, expect all these expected stats like slugging, expected batting average. He's 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 much better than the league average in these. So has been having a great season. The 28-year-old throws that no-hitter tonight. Very impressive. Uh and yeah, I mean, sure, we do get tired of no-hitters. I mean, after a while, I mean, that's just bound to happen, especially when they're coming at such a alarming rate this year but still have to appreciate uh what he did as for my second guy uh it is vladimir guerrero jr uh he had a pretty big game today i believe he was three for five uh yes three for five today which raises his season batting average to 329 uh for a guy with as much power as he has he has not been striking out a lot in the 84th percentile, which is a very similar to a guy like Jesus Aguilar, who we talk about, who hasn't been striking out a lot. And now Vladdy has been walking in the 95th percentile for walk rate. So if he has this lethal combo this year of he hits the ball hard, he doesn't strike out a lot and he walks a lot. Uh, when you do those three, that they put you up there in the conversation with guys like Acuna and Soto with that kind of skill uh, set. And while I think Vladdy is still a couple of years behind Acuna and Soto, this could be his first real breakout year. And uh, 
yeah, uh, something that we can uh, look forward to because we're going to be seeing a lot of that for the next 15 years. Also, just don't let me, Cleveland almost had a no-hitter against Seattle as well. Yeah, very close. Very close. Very close. Almost, well, pretty much did spoil Jared uh, Jared Kleenex's first uh, game. Absolutely. All right, leaderboards time. Leaderboards, and then we can get out of here. Uh, war hitters, Byron Buxton and Mike Trout tied it for first at 2.5. LJ with them both hurt. It's safe to say that we will not be talking about them very much uh, in the upcoming weeks on this segment. Uh, so well, Buxton and Trout tied for first. Vladdy Jr., 2.4 war is in second. Xander Bogarts with 2.3 in third. War for pitchers. A Garrett Cole with 2.6, Jacob DeGrom 2.3, Corbin Burns 2.1. Shohei Otani hit his 14th home run of the year tonight. Uh, he now has a two home run lead over the rest of the pack. In terms of slugging percentage, it's Nick Castellanos in the lead at 648. Shohei Otani trails him at 632. And then for hits, Xander Bogarts at 53 hits already. Uh, He's having quite the season, but I believe that is everything for today. LJ, um, um, anything else? Or Yeah, real quick, Brandon. I'm not sure if you saw this tweet from uh, Little League Baseball. Oh, wait, um, Babe Ruth League as well. Okay. They have officially banned uh, Brandon Karam from all participation with any teams affiliated with their organizations due to his brazen um, without regard and full commitment to immoral and lack of integrity acts. So hopefully Brandon will eventually clear his name, learn the error of his ways. I will make one last statement on this. Uh, Trevor Bauer tweeted today and said, dear hitters, if you hit a 3-0 homer off of me, I will not consider it a crime. Dear people who are still mad about a hit or hitting, kindly get out of the game. Can't believe we're still talking about 3-0 swings. If you don't like it, managers or pitchers, just be better. Juan Soto retweeted this tweet. Uh, just for, for a reference, Juan Soto, a guy on Twitter, whose first tweet was a picture of his PS5 sitting um, on his TV stand and then his Silver Slugger Award sitting on the ground. Uh, just really funny, just really casual, but I just thought that that tweet by, by Bauer helps sum up my point as well. It's just so extra though, is the thing. Like you, your, your, your team is clearly going to win the game. You're going to get on base at three. Oh, you're going to get with a position player on the mound or regardless in a three out count your odds are going to get on base. Swinging and trying to make contact, basically trying to get, essentially trying to get extra bases or driving runs is a much more extra way of getting on base than to just wait it out. But um, yeah, Brandon, uh, make sure you get in on the contest Today's was really hard just because I was trying to uh, stump the Batflip podcast, another part of the Belly Up Sports Podcast Network. Um, I didn't I didn't succeed. 
So that's a little, that's more than mildly disappointing to me, but we will get back at it again tomorrow with some challenging stuff. But anyone who answers, even if you just copy whatever bat flip put, you can get a point. You can start moving up the ranks in this contest. And if a couple of days go really right for you, you may be able to pass bat flip and get this great prize of a belly up sports and MLB daily t-shirt. You may be able to steal that prize right out from under them. So certainly play. Yes. And make sure that you're following us on Twitter. That's at MLB daily pod. Make sure you're following a belly up sports on Twitter at belly up sports and at belly up podcasts. And then LJ and I both on Twitter at Brandon underscore Karam and at LJ underscore VP underscore Lafiora. All right, that's going to do it for this episode of the MLB Daily Podcast. Thank you for listening, and we will see you tomorrow. See you manana. Hi, I'm Maria. And I'm Mike. And we're Team Team Ready. Ready. Black Hills Energy knows your home is where your heart is, so they want you to be ready. It's all about keeping you safe, prepared, and making your home as energy efficient as possible. Everything from how to weatherize your home to how to stay safe during extreme weather. Be ready for anything. Go to blackhillsenergy.com slash team ready.